0: Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. I'm listening to Bat Force Radio.
1: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned.
2: Welcome back to Bat Force Radio. Today, this evening, is going to be a very special episode where we get into the uh, reaction, our reaction of The Flash. Uh, 31 years ago today, June 19th is when we're recording this, 31 years ago today was the last time that a Batman movie starring Michael Keaton was released in theaters, and 31 years later, almost to the day, he is back in the cape and cow as Batman in The Flash, uh, let's go around the room. We got Teases in Dirty Jersey. Please. We got Dunk over there on the East Coast. What up? We've got Gramps in Dallas, Texas.
3: Let's get nuts.
2: We got uh, the Backforce Force <laughs> Times, also Trunks likes. I'll leave it to the imagination of the listener.
3: Uh, let's get nuts. <laughs>
2: We've got Robin D. Cross in Canada.
4: Now, I'm given to understand that we're keeping this all spoiler-free because I haven't seen the movie yet. (laughs) Of course. I think it's going
2: to be a 15-minute episode, so nice in and out real quick. Actually,
4: what I want to do, I look forward to, by the end of this, I know that your opinions have varied a bit on the movie so far, so I'm looking forward to, by the end of this, each of you can try to convince me whether I should see the movie or kill it with fire. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's actually an interesting uh, way to go about it. We'll see how that ends up. Um, like I was saying, gentlemen, thirty-one years ago today was the last time Keaton was in the cape and cowl. Goat, uh, sorry, Gold. it's sorry. been uh, it's been a crazy ride from r- fans always wanting to see some version of him coming back, more so in a uh, Batman Beyond type universe film, be- believing that that would be great to see him as that kind of Bruce Wayne. Um, this is not what we got. They essentially adapted Flashpoint, the the Flashpoint storyline. Um, they f- switched a few things around. They used it as a way to kind of uh, bridge from the Snyder universe into this new DC universe that they're trying to go for. And, um, yeah, it's it's been crazy. Uh, I guess what we could do is... Let's start with the hype, because this is a bizarre... I can't believe... I still am in shock that we're even talking about this. But... Um, As far as hype, like where did you guys stand when this first came to fruition, when we first started hearing about it? Thoughts initially about Keaton coming back as Batman in a DC Universe film.
5: I predicted it three years ago, right? (laughs) I'm the reason this movie happened, right? I mean, I think it's documented on Bat Force Radio. Some episode in the past where we were just throwing out our wishes to the universe and I said, it'd be cool. if. We could get an old Keaton to come back and
2: bam, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so I guess Gramps is really good at manifesting. Um he's got that new age drip. Um, probably should start playing the lottery, things like that. <laughs> I don't I don't think I I don't think I, I was like I don't think I was excited as much as I was just absolutely shocked that they got him to agree to it because for the longest time he kept saying, I will never do another Batman movie unless Tim Burton is directing it. And then him and Tim Burton made Dumbo. And during that news cycle and interview cycle, everyone kept throwing the question both at Tim Burton and at Keaton being like, Hey, you know, it's been done before in other um, films where, you know, there's a lot of these people coming back. Would you ever come back? And Burton kind of like laughed it off. But Keaton was like, you know, never say never pretty much during that cycle. So everyone's like, whoa. And then essentially at some point, I don't know who, who pinned him down, To get him to say yes, but they got him to say yes. So it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, Who else Where like, where else were you guys as far as like reacting to the fact that he came back?
4: I I was pretty high at one point, but I feel like we, we have known for so long now that it kind of wore off on, because we had that time period where he was going to be in the Batgirl movie that ended up not coming out. And then this, and then there's all the time that you're actually waiting for the movie to actually come around uh, yeah, I, I feel like I knew too soon, and uh, it just lost that meaning. It it would have been uh, better as, like, a surprise, you know, if they could have... It's, it's hard, but if they could have kept it uh, a surprise until close, I think I still would have been there.
2: It's been so long, like you said, from the time that we, like, got told that Keaton was going to be in this thing to it finally coming out. There was pretty much, like, the... The uh, promotion for this film had no Ezra Miller anywhere. They didn't <laughs> let him. And and we talked about I this too. Why. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned uh, the the writers' strike. Uh, that means that there's no like talk shows that are allowing for guests to kind of come on and do their thing. And so there's no opportunity for him to be interviewed on like late night talk shows. Keaton hasn't been doing late night talk show appearances. He's also heavily. Uh, he's on. He's doing. He's filming Beetlejuice right now there's been um nothing as far as like the normal hype building it's all been just trailers and like tv spots and that's it and in some you know what they did actually to to really hype this with fans i think is they did like a million free fan screenings before the initial release of this movie like they did they did so many of those like yeah, these, yeah. Is, and, is and like the, uh... weeks ahead Is is that why the uh, opening weekend numbers were so low? I think probably because like if if you're super hyped for this movie and you know you have a chance to see it for free before it comes out, you're probably going to go and want to try to go see that. So all these people who would have paid their money to go see it, a bunch of them saw it for free, and so a lot of them think about it like these are people probably like oh fuck like this saves me some money. I don't have to take four kids to go see this thing and pay four times like we can I can take them for free. So you're missing out on. Like a whole family's worth of, um, what do you call it? Um, ticket and, sales. Yeah, right. Yeah.
5: yeah,
0: and then and then you're also thinking in 90 days it could be on Max or whatever other streaming. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why I would barely go to the movies. The turnaround is so quick. I'm like if I just so. wait two months, it's going to be on HBO Max. So it's like, all right.
5: Yeah, but there is something special about seeing a film, especially of this magnitude, on the big screen, yeah. especially Keaton's return. I, yeah. I feel like if you're not going to a theater and seeing it on the big screen, you're really cutting yourself short.
1: Unless you got a dope um, ass setup. Well, that's <laughs> true,
5: but I mean, I don't know if your dope ass setup is about 250 feet wide. Yeah,
3: that's that's
2: a pretty dope setup.
1: <laughs> one one day, one day.
2: Um, another thing too to to mention about the hype. Um, obviously, the fan screenings probably killed some of that with ticket sales, but um, th- this is alleged. But allegedly, uh, Ezra Miller was arrested several times, I want to say last summer, near around last summer, for a lot of things that has been going on in their life. And uh, allegedly, I'm not sure, I I think I might be mixing up or blurring the reports. You can Google this, see if it's true or not. Allegedly, they found him with a barrel of a gun in a baby's mouth. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I'm not. I think I'm mixing up some of the reports. Maybe some words are getting jumbled, but something about a baby sucking on a bullet. In, in, this is literally the language in one of the reports. Uh, I believe there was a transient. I don't even know if that's appropriate to call the person. Let's call them unhoused. There was an unhoused mother who ran away to his home, to their home in Vermont. I think they use they, them pronouns. I'm going to try it my best. Ran away to their home in Vermont. And I think that person's uh, family, because they had an infant with them, called in like a CPS report So the cops looking for the baby went to Ezra Miller's home, and they found, like, coke, uh, guns. (laughs) They found the baby hanging out in the living room, and the baby was, like, chewing on a bullet, just, like, chewing on a loose bullet. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg of what was going on as far as, like, legal issues. Um, At one point, uh, Ezra Miller was in Hawaii literally going to karaoke bar to karaoke bar, just beating the absolute shit out of patrons and karaoke bars, apparently who were going up there and singing songs they didn't like. So he took it upon, they took it upon themselves to just fucking stomp on their fucking back. Anyways, um, just all, I, I think there was a time last year where we, we kept saying it was day after day, week after week, new Ezra Miller getting arrested reports. to
1: cancel this.
2: I, I, I was blown away that I'm like there's no way how can they how can they release this movie? I mean, this was on the heels of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. Johnny Depp lost, you know, his stuff with Disney. Disney canceled or canceled. Disney fired him. So it's like Johnny Depp is a massive star and he got fired because he might they don't know he might have beaten up Amber Heard. So if that happened to Johnny Depp and the pirate stuff, they're sure shit not going to let this movie come out even if Keaton's in it. And it was around that time at some point when the Keaton appearances in Batgirl were getting a lot of news. And then they canceled that movie. So then it's like, all right, is this movie going to make it to the light of day? There was a lot of that going on last year. where people. Do,
4: were just do you think you got lucky in that? Like, do you think this movie survived because they were shelving Batgirl? And they so, had to say, well, we can't drop both.
2: I heard a very interesting rumor. Uh, good buddy, Logan Wood. Uh, Shane Helms on Instagram, who, I'm not sure where they got this, but it's, it makes sense to me, where it's a distributing deal thing that happened. Batgirl, because Batgirl was going to come out streaming on Max and not in the theaters, that didn't have a certain deal with distribution, whereas The Flash was tied in legally for overseas distribution, so they could not shell or cancel that movie. Batgirl was a domestic in-house distributing thing, so Warner Brothers had all the free reign to do whatever they wanted. They saw it, they watched it for whatever reason. They didn't like it. They shelved it and they took the losses as a tax, as a tax um, break. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why that movie was shit canned. Flash was not, I don't know how true that is, but that sounds, it makes a lot of sense to me if that's the case. Meaning that, um, (laughs) Batgirl was so bad that a Keaton cameo could not save it. Um, so I, I don't know if that's true either, but as we're recording this, all these, uh, leaks of Batgirl stuff are coming out right now with Keaton promos. There's selfies of the directors with Keaton. There's set. Oh, you know what? I think I put this up here. That'd be helpful. Wouldn't it? I thought we were going to talk about this at the end, but here's something that, um, they leaked is that right here, this is an image of the editing bay, uh, to the top left and to the top, right. It is Batgirl. So Batgirl is in a scene you could see her here and there's a silhouette of Keaton and on the right there's a close up shot of Keaton and the cow below on that laptop is that's the 1989 film uh with the scene in the bell tower that's a uh, good friend Carl Newman in the oh. suit right there but that is so so someone's in the editing bay set this up specifically to kind of give nod to show hey look at we're looking at the scene as kind of either inspiration or we're using it as kind of reference and that's that's, that's the scene that's the tower that's the Gotham bell tower in 89 right there. Uh, another picture that leaked was Batgirl. Looks like she's... there's a sewing machine on a table. Looks like she's taking a break having a sandwich in the bell tower. Um, <laughs> this one is another one that came out. This is uh, an alley in Gotham, and it shows Batman and Batgirl talking and the Batmobile is right here in the foreground. Um, and there's a couple, there's a bunch of others that are coming out still. There's Keaton in a tuxedo in some sort of ballroom scene. Um, there's this scene right here where the directors are taking a selfie video with Keaton in the suit and cowl. So, um, anyways, interesting to see what might happen with that movie. Let's bring it back to the flash. Um, we talked about the hype. It's kind of insane that it's even happening plot. I don't think we have to go through every huge detail at this point. You've seen the movie, or at least, you know, of it, um, what they essentially did was they took Flashpoint and they changed a couple of things. There's no Superman. There's Supergirl. Uh, There's no Thomas Wayne, it's Bruce Wayne, an aged Bruce Wayne as Keaton. And they do a pretty good job in the scene when they introduce Keaton. They do a pretty good job of telling you like what's going on, how could this happen, how is it Keaton's Batman, how is his age different than, than Batfleck. And he does a really good analogy in a humorous way with a bowl of spaghetti where he throws it on the table and he shows you this is the timeline that you've now created. It's not a line, it's just a mess of noodles and there's going to be parallels where things seem to be almost exactly the same, but then there's intersections. The things completely change and kind of smash into each other. I I love that
5: explanation when he gave that, um, because like you said, he, he, he mentioned to them, I was like, you're, you're going to have parts that run together, but then you're going to have parts that crisscross and, and vary and different. And you've just made a big old mess. mm. Now, mm-hmm. having
4: not seen the, the the movie, in the scene does he say "Somebody touch a my
5: spaghetti"?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Um,
5: it's funny in this movie. There are nods to other movies, um, Robin. Since you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it. No, but
4: go, go ahead, man.
5: Some of them are pretty humorous, um, and it kind of makes you think, "Yeah, that." That kinda would happen if, if somebody went and changed the past a little bit. I could see how that would happen. And um my it's not a perfect movie, it's not a perfect plot, but they do a really good job of you know, kinda putting a bow on the, the Snyder verse. Um there are some cameos that I didn't expect. I think um we had some Discussion in our, our private chat about um, some things, and and Grump said, "Well, you don't know." He kind of teased and hinted at something, and I was shocked whenever I actually saw um, the cameo.
4: Yeah, don't don't shy away from the spoilers. Go ahead. No,
5: I don't sure want to spoil, for no, spoil okay, it for you. I don't want to
4: spoil it for you. I'll, I'll do I'm it, here, Robin. I'm
2: here for it, though. <laughs> gal Gal shows up and she saves the day at the at the intro of the movie, and she okay, does a yeah. twirl. And it's okay. It's very, it's very much Justice League. The opening scene yes. is Batfleck, Flash, Wonder Woman. It's it's very reminiscent of Justice League of that kind of playful banter. There is a scene where Flash uh, saves infants, babe newborn babies out of a hospital, and it's very humorous. The way they do it is very tongue in cheek, very humorous, very yeah, playful. Very uh, it is funny. It, it is funny. Yeah. Like, baby, the dog. Yeah, there's a. Th- it's very humorous, and um, they do. Is it's it? well done. No, um, it's not. Well, it's funny. It, it, it's there's certain things about it, and it's as we talk about that. Um, Gal shows up at the end of that scene specifically. So and- she's
4: the one that shows up and says, "Somebody touch my spaghetti."
2: <laughs> <laughs> somebody, touch my- or somebody touch my rope. Um, they that was so weird. They redid the Justice League lasso of truth joke.
5: Yes, that old trope that's is so like
2: so weird. Like that they chose to do that again. <laughs> is so that they... is that poking fun at
4: Joss Whedon for for recycling jokes from Avengers in Justice League? I will
2: take that as a reasonable uh, thank you for scratching that itch, and I will say and give them the the room and say maybe that's what that was. Because that's exactly what it was. What I will say this, when she shows up, she does a she does like a Michael Scott twirl, if you would. <laughs> And so she twirls into the scene, and both Flash and Batman are like, uh, da, 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 which was silly, but I was in my seat going, uh, da, 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 da. So that gal, like, she's on the screen, dude, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's so fucking gorgeous. She's like a unicorn. Like, Jesus Christ, she's amazing looking. And, you know, and Flash and Batman are acting that out on the screen, so I thought yeah. that I was like, okay.
5: I thought that her appearance, spoiler alert, in – Shazam! Fury of the Gods was probably going to be the last time that we saw her as Wonder Woman. I was very surprised that we got this in um, the Flash movie.
1: Well, she, was a, was... she was part of the merchandising um, towards the Flash movie, um, like the Funko Pops. If you, I saw like the back oh, of one, spoilers. and I was like, hey, minute, she's oh. actually...
2: Damn, Funko! I didn't I'm even like, know I didn't that. Know. Yeah, I wow! I didn't
1: and... know, and then then I looked into it, and I was like, oh crap, she's in it! All right, great, can't wait to see her.
5: As I watched that scene, I was like. This is probably the last time we're gonna see her as Wonder Woman. Yeah.
2: Probably. That's for yeah. Sure. Me, I was like you, Gramps. I was I'm like, no fucking way, they got they got her in this, they shoehorned her in this, but uh that was the opening scene and it sets up essentially what happens, which is he realizes that um through all this kind of thing that he's doing with you know, he he's the janitor of the Justice League. He thinks he should be doing more. Um he has a scene with Iris West and there's other things that happen. And he basically realizes, oh, I can change things. If I go back and I change one thing, I can keep my dad out of prison. I can keep my mom from dying. I can reset everything. It'll be okay. I, I don't have to interact with anyone because he has that scene with Batflick where Batflick is like, don't go back. Don't touch anything. They even referenced the Academy Award winning nominated uh, film, The Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher. That's right. Um, yeah. That got an odd. Um, and so he decides so, to... So did do- Uber. Yeah, Uber got an odd. <laughs> Uh he goes out so did uh, Stella Stella Noir, Stella was it Stella Artois, the beer that he's drinking Ooh. in his apartment. Um he goes and he takes a can of tomatoes out of a shopping basket or he puts it in I can't remember what he does with, with a can of tomatoes to save his mom and that is what resets and changes all the timeline and everything. That's what screws everything up. And, um, that's what sends Zod and there's no justice league now to save, or there's no Superman rather to save the planet from Zod. So ultimately what's going to happen is no Superman, no justice league Zod comes, no one's going to stop him. So during the events of man of steel, that universe ends Zod comes, kills everybody. No more world. It's now done. So he realizes I have to stop that from happening. Let me assemble the justice league goes and he does that. You find Keaton, intro to Keaton. What'd you guys think of Keaton's intro into this movie? Also well, one, kind of So Barry Allen is
5: from Central City, right? hmm How fast
2: did they drive to Gotham City? Uh which one? Oh, you good point. Well, 'cause did ne- did either of them have powers at that point? Hmm. I think no? I think the Youngberry did. Yeah, young one did. So maybe Youngberry ran no, but they showed they show up in a taxi? Yes. Yeah. So I was yeah. like What's going did, on? Did,
4: here? Did, did 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 they have a baby and a gun?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It a, Go fast, I don't know. Drive That's faster. what I was
5: saying. I mean that was a plot point that I was like, okay, that didn't make yeah. any sense. But I'm I'm going with the mo movie, just I, you know, small small plot point, but
2: at the beginning of the movie it makes it look like there's that scene where it shows you him using his powers and getting to Gotham City from Central City. It looks like to me, how much he goes through, it looks like it's it would be like Chicago to to like New York. He goes through so much of right. all the train that he goes through he goes through like half the country, it looks like. Well in we'll a couple just, of seconds. We'll
5: just say, Yeah, they they must have been traveling for a few days then. We'll just go with that.
2: Um, spoilers, Robin, when they when they show up to Wayne Manor. It's the Wayne Manor from '89. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I knew that from yeah.
4: all the you know trailers and stuff.
2: They walk through the the armory that Vicky Vale and Alex Knox are walking through in the in the ball scene from '89. So the armory is in there. They walk through the armory. They walk into the dining room, and in the dining room there is a Chicago There Chicago playing on a record player. He's list Keaton is listening to a record player, and it's uh. Thirty? What is it? Thirty-five or sixty-four? Is that the name of the song? Twenty-five
5: oh, yeah. to six or four or something like
2: that. Yeah. So uh, that song is playing. Like he had like a record player playing, and they're like looking for him, and they go into the kitchen, and that's when there's a pot of boiling water, and he jumps out him like a spider monkey, and the song <laughs> picks up, and it's the background song to Keaton's intro, like of beating Barry Allen's ass, and uh, again, you know, very tongue-in-cheek done very very cool done but um that's when he gives them the analogy like who are you guys what's going on where are you from and then keaton breaks down quantum physics basically and uh time travel to both of the berries shows you how genius he is how smart he is how he already knew all this anyway um and then they ask him you want to join us and he's goes very stoically pass and he just fucking walks away <laughs> just walks away <laughs> So, like,
0: wait, I was actually gonna say before too when we were talking about like the references with the spaghetti, it's kind of like symbolic that he just gives it to Barry and Barry just fucking just inhales it because that you know that's kind of symbolic of what really happens making a mess. Yeah, yeah, he just
2: sucks it fucking up and makes a mess. Yeah. fucks.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
5: Um,
0: but uh, that you know that first glimpse of Keaton where he's just he looks very primal. You know, like his hair mm, is crazy, like the Big Lebowski. It just. Mm-hmm. it was unreal, you know, he was very like on all fours and shit, like that was just amazing you know, you you see it in his eyes you know, you kind of glare at it and you see that there's Keaton in there and uh
5: so I saw this movie with my friend Levi, shout out to the Soundscape Crusaders, and he and I have been talking about it the last couple days and he made some very good points that I'd like to echo because I agree with him um one, the introduction of this Bruce Wayne is very apparent what he would be like if Gotham no longer needed him and without an Alfred. I mean, he was just a, a hermit. Mm. He kind of looked, he kind of resembled, um, it was almost like a nod to Anthony Hopkins from Mask of Zorro. Although mm. in Mask of Zorro, he'd been in prison for 20 years. Kind of the same way with this Keaton he kind of imprisoned himself and Wayne Manor for however long
0: it's it, it's almost like it's like Castaway Keaton you know like he's just been gone for mm. 15 20 years without realization yeah. except for the fact that he's got uh endless bottles of wine and some mm. uh you know cardboard pizza that he's eating but yeah that he, he's yeah, getting delivered a few times a week
5: and he's st- so, he's listening to Chicago still
2: yeah I uh, I did notice that the second time around. I noticed the bottles of wine that he's been chugging. So so this Keaton drinks, doesn't care, or this, this Batman. Um, also, I I thought there was a leak or there was a, a plot spoiler that came out. There was a full plot leak where somebody wrote out the entire plot of this movie eight months ago and put it on Reddit. And I remember reading through it and thinking like, this is so fucking stupid. Some of this stuff and like this, no, there's no way that it was so specific and, but it, it it was real. That whole plot leak was real. And one of the things that I'd read in it that I thought it was so fucking stupid. I'm like, you, you see Keaton as a bearded old man making spaghetti, like boiling spaghetti. And I'm like, why? And as you watch the movie and as I realized it more, like what is one of the easiest things to fucking make is to just boil spaghetti and pour sauce over it. And it kind of shows where Keaton's at. No Alfred, no. He doesn't take the time to take care of himself. He doesn't take the time to make himself a meal. He just does whatever's fucking there, and that's easy. spaghetti. He's just he, throwing he's, it together.
0: He's, he's a man with no purpose, too. Like that's symbolic of what he was saying with Gotham. So yeah, yeah. he's just living his life in his robe with his one uh, chancleta on, and he's just you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, they, and he's then
1: just, he's just you know taking he's it easy. back to college days
2: yeah there there's also uh i want to say he says it too doesn't he say like affleck there's a lot of uh, parallels between affleck's batman and keaton at at least with script i think both of them at some point say i'm an old man and i'm alone like my 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 choices or my decisions have led me to live alone i'm alone right Right. and so you you kind of get that sense with this intro to keaton um Fast forward to the plot a little bit. Keaton is a reluctant at first to help Barry the berries. Uh, then essentially, uh, Barry goes into the back. They break into the back cave, Robin. They break into the back cave. Yeah. They break into the back cave and they start. Oh my God! The and, and they're looking around and because Barry is specifically now looking for Superman, he goes to the back computer to search up records of Clark Kent or Kal El. Or UFOs that landed in Kansas, uh, whatever year that was, and then he learns that Keaton has a back door into NASA at the back computer, which oh, of shit. course he does. And, and as... I, I just,
4: I just want to interject. So canonically, they had to break into the back cave because there was the absence of the eighty nine Alfred to let them in.
2: Yes, and thank you. As, as, that's a great segue. I was waiting for Vicky to show up. <laughs> <laughs> great segue was, there, because there was no
0: there was no Diet Coke, you know. There was nothing yeah. There. Uh,
2: so so uh, as old or as Flashberry is looking up on the computer, Young Barry comes over and he goes, "Look, look at this stuff!" And he's like, "There's a bag that laughs." And it's the Joker laughing bag from the end of the 89 film. They take off his body. Little nod to 89 Joker. Um, the back computer, aside from like the the LCDs are a little updated, but it's the same same computer. Um, and one of the things that he does is he realizes like, we still need this Batman's help. How can I get to him? And there's a pen with uh, with Alfred's name inscribed on it that he notices and that he looks at the camera that is looking at him. Cause I know you can hear me. And he goes, you had an Alfred, the, our Batman had an Alfred, just like you said, there's things that are constantly parallel. Things are the same. So he, he basically uses Alfred to get to Bruce's heart, to kind of tug on his heartstrings to show him like, we're all connected. It's all fate. Like this stuff happens. There's no, like the things that are parallel make no sense except for fate. And so that's what gets Keaton to come back around. And he comes down Shoot to the bat wing coming down, and uh, he decides, "All right, I'll I'll take you to go find Superman. After that, you're on your own." And that's where they take him to a you know the the hideout in Siberia again, following very closely the plot points of Flashpoint. They get to this Siberian prison where they go underground, and that's where you see um, an amazing fight scene with Keaton's Batman against those Siberian guards. That um,
5: I think we've now got probably the two best. Batman fight scenes on screen. I mean, when uh, when when he's about to drop down and he's
0: like, "This is gonna hurt," and he just lays it down. I just got so beyond fucking amped, you know, outside of mm. just seeing him the first time. But
5: that's it, this when I, was when I saw that scene, I was stealthy. like, "Okay, I got what I paid for, man." <laughs>
0: <laughs> like he he made him just really stealth, and I think you saw that the second that they ascended into Siberia, and he was just like. You guys have parachutes, I'm just dropping down. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Where's your not- parachute? Yeah, yeah. He kind of gives that little smirk. Yeah, so- he
1: was in the zone. He was in the zone for like that whole thing. He was just like there was no there was no getting to him. Nothing 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 worried him at all. So like
5: riding a bike for him.
1: Yeah. So that the berries are freaking out.
5: His wings, the way his cape folded up, it reminded me very much of like Kingdom Come. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean there there was definitely some comic nods. Uh, throughout this movie, you know, not just Flashpoint,
0: and also like the way that it was kind of arch, and also like it's kind of this like, myth, you know, it was dodging bullets, very like, like mm. it was just bulletproof, and it was very agile, you know, where where it needed to be. So, oh yeah, it was just he was just beyond stealth and fast, you know. Yeah,
2: the, um, I I took account of how very early on you see at his intro. Oh, he still got it. He still fucking doing acrobatics he's still doing leg sweeps he's still backflipping as an old man he sits down and he tells the berries quantum physics like oh he's a genius still he's still sharp uh he gets in in the suit and in the siberian you know bunker he's beating the shit out of the guards and then what i notice in that scene is the gadgets you know like he's got his old gadgets he's got new gadgets he's got that charge that blows up the elevator. He's got uh the wings that are bulletproof that he uses to kind of shade the bullets. Um just like it's like, "Damn, dude, like you're you're seeing things that you didn't see in 89 that you didn't see in returns. You're seeing him use these things that he has from his belt, you know, all these things that he's taken out and using the new batwing. Um you're getting a shot of like you're getting holes filled in with like what was Keaton up to what was he doing what was he up to and you're kind of seeing that stuff too we forgot to mention the gallery that he kind of right uh, so the gallery in the cave or I'm sorry in in Wayne Manor that uh, as Barry is using Alfred to kind of pull on his heartstrings he goes over looks at his family pictures uses the eye thing to kind of open it up you see the gallery you see a nice show uh, shot of like all the suits that give you like a history of this guy being Batman. And I think from the if 89 was essentially supposed to be year two, I guess of him being Batman. So if 89 is year two, let's say returns is year three. And they kind of have that where it's like, they got the 66 first, they got the first appearance suit on the left, kind of like a 66 emblem on it with the grapnels as guns on the side. Um, they got another one to the right of that, which is the blue suit, you know, which is the nod to, um, I think as, as after the film came out, Joe Quinones released a gallery of uh, artwork that he was commissioned to do for the film. Where he says it, I used the Kenner Dark Knight um, <laughs> figures as like if he's going to have a gallery, I want it to be those figures. And so they they did use that as kind of like a reference for uh, some of those figures. Um, I want to say it's, yeah, there,
0: there there was the scuba reference, like the deep water figure on the right. Yeah, there's Probably. a there is 89 a little more to the right there was like the i guess it was more of a Gotham by Gaslight um i felt like it was almost murphy but it was more Gotham by Gaslight um yeah you they named
2: that, that hood, you know like that hood they named that officially somewhere i can't remember where i saw it but yeah it's it's uh, his whole gallery it, it gives you like this is a keaton that's had a history he's been batman for a long time he was batman for a long time look at all the stuff that he had that he created back to the bunker um I figure out it's not Cal it's Kara, and uh, Keaton was all business. He's like, "It's not him. Let's go." He's yeah, gonna fucking get out of leave there. Leave her, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Barry was like, "No, we can't just leave her there." Picks her up, takes her out the bunker. They fight their way to the surface. Once they get to the surface, um, you see Kara's as she you know rejuvenates, and you see her power. The Batwing comes up. They take him off back to ba- uh, back to Wayne Manor, and uh, that's when the other Barry is like. We're fucked. There's no Superman. There's no Kal-El. Kara flies away. Um, he tries, like, well, I got to get my powers now. I got I to get my powers. He tries to recreate the accident that electrocues him in the back cave, just like in Flashpoint. And, I mean, that's ripped straight from Flashpoint. And um, at, at that point, I think Kara sees... She, she goes and sees what Zod's up to and sees that he's being cruel, decides to come back and help the Flashes. And as she does that, has a moment with uh, uh, Old Barry. And they talk about, you know whatever she's kind of uh yeah the motivation behind that is you helped me why and he goes because you needed help and that's what we do you know and so she says zod is is my people but he that is not who we are we're people of hope we're not a people of war i'll help you and so that's how they kind of all team up and then that's the moment when keaton comes down and he goes so what did you say we call ourselves and he said the justice league which is freaking crazy in this movie during that scene when he's explaining quantum physics to the berries, he says the words Ke- Michael Keaton's Batman says the word Superman. He's, he re- they reference Superman and then c- jokingly, he's like, he calls himself Superman. Don't you think it's a little on the nose? And it's like, well, you call yourself, you call yourself Batman. He goes, yeah, but I don't call myself super Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah. So then he says, then Michael Keaton's Batman says the justice league out loud in a movie which is insane. Um and that's when you get the scene where they're all in the cockpit of the Batwing. I at first, the design for the Batwing, I was like, eh, no, I'm not really sold on it. It makes sense to me now that if they want they were basically doing this. The, the original 89 Batwing is destroyed at the end of 89. So right. I guess like he's going to have to make himself a new one. So this is at some point a new version of the Batwing. And you see this thing in action when it goes There's up against joy. Zod. That 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 gimbal cockpit, holy shit. It's got a gimbal cockpit that stays in formation while the fucking Batwing barrels around the cockpit. That was so sick. Like when that thing first barrels like that in the film, I, I you could hear in the audience, like, Whoo! Like everyone was like, holy shit, <laughs> that thing's sweet. That yeah. was so rad when it starts getting in action like that.
1: But um, before you move forward, uh, Flashpoint and Barry had to create a new suit.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> Describe that, Dunk.
1: Oh, my God. Um, he just starts running around and he grabs what looks like a Batman 89 suit.
2: And the the music is very epic as he's doing that.
1: Yeah. And he's legit, like, cutting up a Batman suit and, like, making it a flash suit. And it's, like, the funniest thing because he's well, just, like, he's sewing off the ears. I think yeah. I laughed so hard looking at that one part. And, um...
2: I, I don't know. Uh they were they were doing they were doing the whole like suit up montage where they're playing that epic suit up music and you see him he's spray painting it and you're hearing like the music as it's swelling and it's look like, he's like making it badass and everything. All of a sudden the music stops and it's just, like <laughs> and he's sawing off the bat ears. <laughs> and it's just, like it ended on that comedic little punch, which was yeah, fucking funny.
1: Spray painted the flash logo on top yeah. of the eighty nine logo.
2: And then another that's, abs
0: that's kinda cool that that they kept that because I think what is it like a year and a half ago where they kind of teased the movie. That was the first imagery that we all saw. Oh, I yeah. Remember that. Yeah, that the I'm glad, suit. glad that they kept that because I, I forgot about it, you know?
2: Yeah. There's also uh, the scene in the cockpit where Barry, the real flash, is wearing his real flash suit. Young Barry is wearing the young the the the, the you know made, you know, the homemade the Batman flash, flash suit. suit. Yeah, and then at one point like they're talking and the talking stops. And young Barry looks over at Flash and he tries to turn in the cowl and the fucking cowl goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's in an, like, again, in a nod to 89 and uh, or Batman Returns fans with the suit that can't fucking turn and they do it. And it's, it's fucking hilarious when he does that. Like everyone, even people who hated this movie, people have told me like, I fucking love that, that part. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's, that was for the, that was for the Keaton heads, like for sure. Um, As you you go through the movie, they're they're battling it out with uh, Zod. And this is when you learn, they go through that chrono-bowl thing. But you learn throughout the movie, there's certain, if you saw the Spider-Verse movie, there's certain canon events that must occur. And there's intersections that occur in every universe that you cannot get beyond them. They happen in every universe. They're going to happen. You cannot get beyond it. And apparently in this universe, Zod wins. Zod kills Kara he defeats that version of the justice league and that's it the world ends on that day there's no going around it so as that is coming to fruition young barry doesn't want to let it go and he just tells himself no we're going to go back in time and we're just going to keep trying keep trying and keep trying and as that happens you see the destruction they keep creating they're just creating more and more versions of that world ending and it's just piling on and piling on and piling on until finally you see that this creature that kicked Barry out of the chrono bowl uh, back in earlier the movie you realize it's actually Dark Flash it's young Barry having done this however many times in a row and now is when you start to see that scene of all the different universes colliding and collapsing onto each other and this scene with all the Keaton stuff aside I would say this is a scene to go see the movie for just to see that scene where it's it's all the different iterations of DC films and shows shown to you, even comic stuff shown to you. And it's like, it's nods to um, Reeves, um, Christopher Reeves, Superman. It's a nod to, uh, big spoilers, uh, that version of Kara Supergirl. Um, they show you Nicolas Cage fighting a giant spider. Uh, as Superman. spider. Yeah. <laughs> The that was, was a a solid Adam West, the
4: spider. Adam that was,
1: West. That was a solid Nicholas Cage scene. Yeah, I, like,
5: I mean that scene right there. I was just like, my eyes were just like glued to the screen. I mean, I was already watching the movie, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because <laughs> I, I don't really like the multiverse things, but I like the way that they kind of explain this. I like the way that they showed that, you know, the young entitled Barry, who thought that he could just keep redoing things, you know, essentially becomes his own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, he makes everything all messed up, and you see these you know, different universes, how he's just ripping them apart, and I was like, oh, wow. This Not only was it just visually really cool to see, but you could see the the minds and the, the decisions moving forward with how DC and Warner brothers are going to make, you know, the new, the next um, universe in, in DC
4: superheroes. I want to ask a question here because I don't know if this is the scene he was talking about or not, but uh, I I'd seen a couple articles uh, talking about how uh, a lot of people were questioning the the look of the visual effects in the yes. movie mm-hmm. and now so i wanted to ask you guys so uh, i'd seen a quote from the director uh, i believe he goes by andrew machete uh so in response to um the criticism of of the look of of at least certain scenes in the movie uh andy machete said uh The idea, of course, is we are in the perspective of the Flash. Everything is distorted in terms of lights and textures. We enter this water world, in quotes, which is basically being in Barry's POV. It was part of the design, so if it looks a little weird to you, that was intended. So did the movie look weird?
5: Yeah, like, you know, when when things happen in the Speed Force, that's where...
4: It's distorted. Things
5: look you know there are a lot
1: of complaints
5: about the cgi look and stuff like that and i seeing it from that point of view yes i could i could see how when things are in the speed force moving at real slow motion they almost had kind of a animation look to them right mm-hmm. and it almost to me i don't know it almost seemed like they ran out of money to make this movie mm mm-hmm. mhm but at the same time, that explanation about you know these are these events that you see are happening in the Speed Force, where it's got this glowing light and and everything is it's almost like a warped version of reality. That could help explain that. And I mean, was it perfect? No, but you know, I I don't come in here where I didn't go into the movie expecting it to be gone with the wind. You know, um, <laughs> I just. Wanted to be entertained. I wanted to see Michael Keaton, uh, you know, as Batman. Mm. It was entertaining. It I, was... I
4: can't even criticize your reference because we already call you Bat- uh, Grandpa Batman. <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I reference
5: that movie because it's considered one of the greatest of yeah. all
4: time, right? Yeah, I you get know? you. I, I, yeah. I just had to say it.
2: It basically, uh, if if someone didn't take that explanation, it basically looked like The Rock. As the Scorpion King mm-hmm. in the second Mummy movie. Yeah. When at <laughs> I the, the third, <laughs> and you see this, how bad that CGI was, where it's like, oh my, they didn't even film The Rock doing that. They just completely computer generated every aspect of it. That's kind of what it seemed. You know, and kind of like it, PlayStation 1. Yeah. <laughs> what was, what killed me about that scene is <laughs> apparently Nicolas Cage did film that. He filmed, yeah. they filmed him. Doing that scene, but it doesn't. You couldn't tell if they did or not. It could have. You could have said that was completely computer animated, and I would have believed it. Like they didn't film him. Like it just looks like him running around in a computer screen. I saw and, that
5: um, one meme. What did what it say? Is like, uh, if you ever wanted to see an AI generated Batman Flash movie, <laughs>
2: this is it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was yeah. good. That's, that was good.
5: That's a perfect
2: analogy. That was good. Yeah. It. It. The. The themes and the idea was great. The visuals about it, like. Oh man, it could have. They could have done a lot more. They could have put a lot more money into it, but that yeah. money all went into the pocket of Keaton. You got to think. So. I think, um,
1: <laughs> although, like, while you're watching it, you're not really thinking about it. You're still like, you're on stuck. In, you're stuck on like, all right, what's the next thing you get to show me here? You know, like I throughout watching the movie, the CGI doesn't doesn't even cross my mind because it's like, all right, well, he has to save the baby. There's a baby in the microwave now. Holy hell, um, you know. And then it's like, oh, now we're looking at we're, uh, all these universes colliding, and it's like. Oh crap, Nicolas Cage. Are they gonna show Green Lantern? You know, I asked myself that question. I'm like looking around trying oh, to find yeah. that. So I was like I was more was stuck it? on like what's the next thing that's gonna pop up than like, oh man, the CGI looks horrible. So I was just I was just stuck in the moment of watching the movie. So I didn't even think about it until people mentioned it.
2: That's a good point. That scene could have been a really good um a really good reason to put everything in that scene. And you can't you can't attack it because it's it's like no matter how cheesy or how camp or how bad the idea was or it was cancelled, they put it in because yeah. in some universe maybe that would have happened. Yeah. So Nicholas Cage Superman, perfect example of it. Like everyone fucking erupted when that came onto on the screen. Yeah. So they could they could have done they could have done a uh, what's his name? Deadpool Green Lantern scene and uh that probably would have gotten people really going for that. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, um, best yeah.
5: way I can Compare it to it's almost like sometimes you know when you you read a four story arc where sometimes they switch artists for certain pages. That's kind of what it seemed like, you know. They've got the main artist, but then for this scene they switch to this guy for a
2: couple of pages and then they go back to the main artist. That's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah. Mm. Um also as that scene is wrapping up, um, you know, there he's realizing he can't get through that cross section of Kara dies, Zod wins, this world ends. Um, at, during that scene, Kara is asking Zod, like, yeah. Uh, Zod is like, we, we need the infant. We need the Kryptonian infant. And Kara says, where is Kalel? What did you do to him? And Zod says, um, we didn't need him. We needed you because you were the one that, that has the stuff yeah. in the DNA. So we need to harvest your blood. And so she says to him, she says, where is Kalel? And then Zod goes, the infant did not survive. And it's like, oh fuck! Like they killed Callel, and then you realize this version, this D- James Gunn and the DC, this version of DC, literally aborted Henry Cavill's bat- uh, Superman. Like oh, they God. they decided to not have this Henry Cavill Superman, and it's like, damn! Like they did him dirty. Is and that why they-
5: you think they? Well, I mean, because they basically blacked out his face. They they showed the one scene in uh, Justice League where he had, you know, when he's fighting the Justice League, and
0: he had no shirt on, and he's like annihilating everyone. Yeah, that was clearly a reference. But
5: Mm. there was also a scene where it was like
2: him kind of. Oh, when he's fighting the volcano.
5: Yeah, and they kind of had his face blocked out. I mean, I wonder if they did that one because they didn't. I've heard it was. Yeah, I've heard two different things. I've heard that they paid him for that scene but then decided to to cut it.
2: We'll we'll get to the end. They filmed him for this movie. Okay. Before but this was they filmed him in between him being announced to come back in Shazam and then him working with uh whomever before James Gunn decided to move on from him. We'll get to that at the end. But um anyways, so you you realize that uh you know, this world has to end that way. Uh, Barry then decides to go back and allow his mother to die. And that essentially happens and it resets everything back to normal, except that he does a little clever thing with a can of tomatoes to allow for his father then to be visible on a video and give him an alibi to no longer have to be in prison. So at least he gets his dad back and you follow to the end a little bit more of this film. And then this is something that everyone's been talking about now is, um, the end of the film, he comes out of the courthouse steps and Bruce Wayne calls him. He's like, hey, I heard good news. I'm going to come see you in a minute. So, okay. He's all excited to see what he thinks is Batfleck, his best friend coming back. Then the car pulls up. You see a shot of the <laughs> foot. The, the the reporters crowd around. All of a sudden, you see Barry go, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and George Clooney, Bruce Wayne, walks through the crowd. And he goes, hey, Barry. And it's literally fucking George Clooney. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, George Clooney, at the end of this film, as Batman, now uh, in this universe. Everyone like shit when that yeah, I did too, man. It was funny. It's like, what the fuck? And, uh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's how the movie fucking ends. The movie ends <laughs> like that. And then they they put a, a post credit scene in the middle of the credits. And uh, it's a drunk Arthur Curry coming out of a bar. And Barry is trying to explain to him everything that happened. And trying to explain how there's all these different versions of us out there. And they're talking about, you know, and all of a sudden he just falls into a fucking puddle. And he's, he's like, dude, my apartment's right here. Will you sleep in my apartment. He goes, my apartment's right here. And he's just like slapping the puddle. He's going to sleep mm-hmm. in the puddle tonight. And I, I like, hope okay. that's
5: all we, I hope that's the last we see of that Aquaman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because we've got another movie coming out. Uh, they Aquaman don't even need to make that now. Whatever it's it's already made, them. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's done. We um, don't need to see that. No, who <laughs> asked for that? So now that we get to the end... Just, I don't know. Just, that was like
4: one of the few uh, successful DC movies of, uh, of the past uh, number of years. And, and I got really numbers.
0: To do a billion, yeah,
2: We got numbers to talk about, too, because I wrote that down. Because I think that has a lot... That, that's something to be said now that the Flash is out, too. But um, two things. Uh, the original ending was filmed with Keaton. Um, it was supposed to be Keaton at the courthouse steps. And Kara shows up at the end, also. They filmed that. They decided not to show it because... Uh, then at some point, they decided to cut the background movie and to cut any future of Keaton being the future Batman out. So that's no longer there. They also filmed an ending with Gal Gadot, with Kara, and with Henry Cavill showing up at the end. And that was, that was, uh, before they decided to not go forward with Henry Cavill. They cut that. And this is the ending they decided to roll with, which was, uh, uh george clooney batman at the end yes was it funny yes it was funny but to what end it was literally just a gag i don't think they're gonna have george clooney come back to be the dcu's batman i think no. they just did a gag because no. they were like how do we pivot away from keaton how do we pivot away from that ending we have to have something let's just do this for a laugh so they kind of threw that in there um also that, that being said a great
1: surprise I just feel like that. there's just, you know, um, they, this is the end to everything. And yeah. now we have an understanding of different universes and the start of everything new.
2: So 31 years after Batman Returns, you got Keaton back in a movie. Another thing that, like, he, in that Kryptonian scene, he goes up, he, he fucking goes out like a fucking boss, by the way, straps a bunch of fucking bombs to that. Ten foot Kryptonian, and he, the Kryptonian, ragdolls his ass and fucking crushes him on the floor. He's bleeding internally, but he still stands up and says "fuck you." And the bombs are going off. Finally, there's a bomb that goes off on the back of the Kryptonian's head, knocks him the fuck over, and then he says something that parallels Batfleck. At the beginning of the movie, Barry comes over. He's trying to take the suit off to help him. And then and then Batman says, Michael Keaton's Batman says what Affleck said. At the beginning of the movie, uh, Barry goes, you want to hang out? I'm still hungry. Do you want to hang out? And he says, not this time, kid. Maybe some other time. So this Batman, as he's dying, Keaton Batman, Barry's trying to save him. And Keaton looks at him and goes, not this time, kid. Maybe some other time. And mirrors that same statement back to Barry. And so this is that's how this... What struck me was we Wait, never saw.
3: Hold on, now he he um he says, Bruce, I could bring you back, and Keaton says, You already did, kid. Oh, that's right. You already did. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you already did. Kid. But it, it is in the same vein. So yeah. yeah.
2: And and uh, th- what struck me was, I don't know how many times we've seen Batman actually die in live action films, and certainly we've never saw Keaton die. Of Keaton's Batman die, but Keaton's Batman dies in this movie, and that's it. He does not come back. There is no post credits. There is no. Ending no he scene dies where twice. He right, dies exactly. twice.
5: And yeah, and I like that because it gave him a good death. You know, did give him a good death. Um, but but it also easily proves that he
0: could be reprised in some way if they had to. You know, because like, like I. One of my friends was telling me, he's like, oh, I I didn't see the movie. I can't believe they killed Keith. I said, well, I said, in theory, they killed him twice, but you just never know. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think they completely put a bow on it, in in my opinion. you know.
2: So that being said, um, even before I think I saw the fan screening, which was like three weeks ago, they already came out with an article saying that a script for The Flash 2 is being worked on, Kara... Kara is in it. Keaton's Batman is in it. And I remember being like, motherfucker, are you spoiling the movie for me already? Like, Jesus Christ. And then I'm like, well, it's Flashpoint. Of course, they can just do whatever they want to, to do that. And, okay, so, at that time, they were working on that film. We'll, we'll get to box offices in a second. Let, let's bow this up. 31 years later, you got this Batman in this, in this Flash movie. After you guys came out of the theater, after all the hype, after all the talk, I mean, there's not just hype. Like, this movie it's almost like what is this movie like they're trying to reset the Snyderverse and trying to go into a new direction but even this is an old version of that they've already reset this and they're going in a completely different version so there's going to be a younger Batman there's going to be a younger Superman there's going to be a different DCU this technically is not it's not really connected to that because yes Flash is there yes Gal Gadot uh, Wonder Woman is there yes Arthur uh, you know what's his name um, Khal Drogo's Aquaman is in it, <laughs> Batfleck's in it, but all that stuff is still like, there's no plans for a new Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot in it. Um, they're waiting for that Aquaman movie to come out. It's still up in the air if they're going to bring Ezra Miller back for a sequel. They say that they liked his performance, so they would, if they could, it's just so bizarre that it's like all this hype, all this uncertainty with what this is going to lead to anyways, movie comes out, it's all said and done. Dust is settled. Where do you guys put this as far as, like, was this an entertaining film? Did it do anything for you? Did it fulfill anything for you? Where do you guys sit with it?
5: I'll say that, you know, I was not a fan of Ezra Miller's Flash in Justice League. Now, this story puts a whole (laughs) new light on his character and kind of why he's... In the present time, kind of a quirky guy, and uh, you know he did a fantastic job showing how that Barry Allen would be if his mother was alive, if he lived, you know, with two parents. He was an entitled, you know, uh, you know, lone child that had that was given everything. He was loved his entire life by his parents, and he could do whatever he wanted. And the two personalities. We're actually very funny to watch, you know, going back and forth with each other. You know, here's you know, present day Barry Allen. He's super serious because he's he knows what's gonna happen. He's he's gotta find it to make it right. And then here you got college age nineteen stoner Barry Allen. <laughs> it's just a total goofball. Um so kudos to Ezra Miller. I think he did a good job and uh showed, you know, his flexibility and diversity in his acting skills. Um, I also liked the fact that this movie showed the tragedy of each character. Um, You know, it showed the tragedy of the flash, you know, losing not just his mother, but also his father. And all he's trying to do is make things right. He's, he's, you know, he's got good intentions the whole time, but he could just never make things right, and then you've got the tragedy of you know Batman that just keeps coming up, and then you've got the tragedy of uh, Kara, and you've got the tragedy of the world, you know, under Zod's control. It's it's a fun movie, but it's also a tragedy at the same time.
1: It's also a DC
2: movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I like what you said, Gramps, about they they pit. Young Ezra versus I'm sorry Young Ezra Young Flash versus present day Flash and you see yes like this Flash went through tragedy and because of the tragedy that he's still going through that he's still experiencing as a member of the Justice League being jaded a little bit by the tragedies of the world he is a little more stoic and he is a little more reserved and a little more serious although he has quips and he's funny the younger as the younger Flash like you say Gramps is this happy-go-lucky like <laughs> he's he's bouncing off the walls he's like silly <laughs> like nothing seems to get him down he's constantly right. bright and positive and 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 uh older flash has to fucking smack him around and be like dude just fucking stop it you know yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um,
0: there's also that scene in the back cave where keaton talks to him and he also has that perspective he said he wouldn't change anything about what happened to his parents because without that, that wouldn't have made him the person that he is today. So there's that same message that's just correlating through Keaton as well Mm -hmm. uh, with with the other Barry, um, which is important. That's the whole point of the movie. Like no matter what our tragedies make us who we are, our Mm scars. And no matter how many times you may want to go back and uh, change something, you completely change who you are from the get-go and maybe your surroundings, you know? So it, it, it was really a mix of just, like you said, it was just, it was very funny, but it did get very serious, but it had a strong message that was consistent throughout the course of the movie and through other um, parallels of the universes. So to me, that kind of stuck with me, you know, like he knew what he had to do at the end, like no matter what he had to be selfless and go back and make the ultimate sacrifice. Um Yeah. So it was, it was, it this movie really stuck with me. You know, I saw it twice, and I I would like to see it at least one more time in the theater. But um, it was a modgepodge. You know, it was just a lot of ups and downs, and I think it was reflective of, uh, you know, the chaos. But it it had this consistent theme that I thought was really powerful, uh, in the storytelling of it.
2: What stuck with you, Dunk?
1: Um. Oh man, I don't know what I didn't do in this movie. I laughed, I almost cried. I freaking Oh, you know I you cried. cried. Hell yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I know that you mother did. scene at the end. Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah, that's like His um, mom's so fine, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought that was like an older Sofia Vegara or something. She she's
2: uh, what is, she's she looks familiar from something. Let me look her up real quick. Go on, probably, Dunk. Probably like a I don't know. A
1: novella. Yeah. Um yeah yeah i don't know um was, yeah like whoa, whoa.
0: All, all of a sudden the flash is hispanic i think right like he's like <laughs> on the
1: mom half, side, half hispanic
2: half jewish yeah
1: yeah what a combo um overall it, it was very entertaining you know a lot, a lot of good laughs uh nostalgia kicked especially when you hear like the the back to the future jokes or references mm-hmm. um with the with the college kids arguing on who's uh who's marty mcfly <laughs> um uh, I think Ezra Miller did an amazing job uh with both his characters, right? Uh when he got his powers at the Flashpoint as Flashpoint Flash, he was all over the place and you know, he created all this chaos and you know, there was a lot of um something you're not used to in most DC movies. It was like the laughter portion of it. Despite how dark or like how um dramatic a lot of these mov- a lot of DC stories are, uh there was a lot more laughing in this. Um but I think, you know, uh, I think overall it's a great movie. Uh, the cameos is great. Uh, Ezra Miller, as, as much as we want to hate him, I think he did a great job. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it surpassed any expectations I had. I didn't, I, I didn't have any. Um, I was just happy there's another Batman
2: movie. Yeah. Um, this, this was a mixed bag for me. Um, as a Keaton fan by the way, going really back to uh, Barry's mom, is played by mm-hmm. Maribel Verdu, and holy shit, I just realized where I know her from, from a little movie from 2001, a Mexican film called Y tu Mama Tambien. Ah, if it you guys have ever, oh, Jesus. Spoke, that's the main lady, she's the main character in that, or the main female character in that movie, with really uh, Gail Garcia Bernal and uh, Diego Luna, which made them both stars. It was a, a, Mexican, a Mexican movie that, you know, catapulted them to kind of young stardom to then take over movies over here now Gee, that's her holy shit no wonder i was like why am i in love with this woman <laughs> because because i fell in love with her 20 years ago in that movie jesus christ in, She's in, so hot in, in the movie. tom
0: multiverse he fall, he's falling in love with her again holy <laughs> shit i love her now even more it's one of those loved
2: six first.
4: points in time that has to happen <laughs> <laughs> <her> yeah. <laughs> jesus spaghetti's getting messy
5: <laughs> God. He just keeps falling in love. With keep your meatballs
2: <laughs> out of the spaghetti. Yeah, keep my keep my yeti blue ball out of it. Um, Somebody touch my spaghetti. <laughs> uh, as a Keaton as a Keaton fan, this this was just ins- like I'm still in shock that this movie exists, that it was made. I was really worried initially going through that um, that this like are they going to just use him as some inflated nostalgia trick to get people in the seats? Did they? Absolutely they did. Did it work? It did on me so hard. I've seen this movie twice now, all because of Keaton. Um he looks so fucking awesome. The suit has grown on me. Holy fucking shit, that batwing is so badass, dude. That gimbal roll is so sick. Um that being said, as a Keaton like lover, I know what they did to me. They groomed me from the beginning, and it worked. So (laughs) as a Keaton fan, I'd said I give this I gave this movie seven out of ten. All seven, it's all Keaton. I mean I, I, I couldn't get enough of him. I was like, man, that's fucking it. Like at, that, at the end, like he doesn't come back, he's just out of the movie and gone. And it's almost like it's better to burn out Bright, I guess, is kind of what happened in this film with Keaton. So I, I do hear what Gramps is saying. Yeah, it's a it's a good death. Um I'm also a Toxic Snyder fan, bro. Okay. <laughs> so that's as combo <laughs> as a Toxic Snyder fan, I this movie is almost like spitting in the face of Snyder. So either you love that it does that because you hate Snyder or you're a toxic Snyder fan bro like myself and it drives you insane because the Justice League parts of it are Justice League. Like this is yeah. This is this is Justice League Justice League and it's silly, it's happy go lucky, it's bright, it's jokes, it's lasso of truth tropes. Um, Why is Batman out during the days? what I want to know. Another huge thing that bugged me. Both. I mean, with Keaton, too. But, you know, it's Keaton, so yeah. I let it go.
4: Well, they they wanted to do uh, a daytime scene in 89. But the uh, suit looked like shit in the daylight. So, <laughs> they, so they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, now they could.
2: As, as a toxic Snyder bro, um, I now have another reason to champion hashtag fire James Gunn, who had nothing to do with mm-hmm. this movie, by the way. <laughs> I, I love that. If you go on Twitter, people are saying or using this. People are using the flash as like ha ha ha. It's this movie's tanking. Fire James Gunn. It's like dude, he literally like didn't hop on until this movie was already done. So he like all he did was like yeah, you can release it. That's all he did. Um, but as a Toxic Snyder fan, bro, uh, part of me wants this movie to burn. But <laughs> as a Snyder head, I love this. Uh, I'm sorry, as a Keaton head, I love all the Keaton stuff. It, he looks so awesome. He's so bad. I feel like they did a good job. They handled him very delicately. I feel like he was his they didn't they didn't fucking take his corpse and this bloated corpse and like put it out you know for display I think he was handled very respectfully it's great um I I think subjectively this this movie is not bad subjectively like I think everyone is saying it like this is does it have his flaws yeah of course it does is it terrible no not by a long shot like I think it's an if you take anybody off the street and you're like, hey you guys want to come watch the Flash, they'll probably sit through this movie and be like, whoa, that was that was cool. It's like, eh, it's cool. And so I think subjectively, I think this the popcorn score I think is like a ninety-two or something. The fan score is really, really high. The critic score is around a seven, so it's kind of dragging that down. Anyways, what does it say for the future? Cause dude, this this movie is not doing well. Uh first First weekend box office numbers. This movie made ten million less than Black Adam. This movie right now is sitting at, well, like 50, you said, they million.
5: Practically gave it away for three weeks. Yeah, they did. getting yeah. up to the release.
2: That was stupid.
5: And then you know, like it, he,
0: there was right? tons of people that we saw on Instagram that I think by the time we saw it for the first time, there was people that saw it twice already. And I'm just like, they were oh. not even linked to the industry, or they just had opportunities. Uh, which was awesome because, as a fan and someone that makes product, I like when fans get to see it earlier because it just it it makes it more authentic. But like you said, if they gave it away to a million fans, you're also in an economy where people are price conscious, and these mm-hmm. things, you know, to see a, a movie, <laughs> you want to bring your family. That's a hundred dollars, and you haven't even had um, popcorn yet. You know what I mean? Like twenty. 20 bucks, whatever, you know, whatever tier and version you see at the theater, it's, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. So if, if someone could kind of skimp and then wait, they're going to see it. You know, um, I think fans like us, we may see it a few times in the theater. Cause we really want to see Keaton again on the big screen, but the average Joe, um, the average American family, I think is going to be patient and wait. And that's why the numbers are not converting. Um mm. I mean the the numbers are nowhere close to what I even thought um it would be 55 million um, that would you know that that's seen a, as a failure a cinematic failure um mm. you know? Well
5: have we got international numbers
2: yet because I mean not yet and that that I mean well like let's let's track it to what uh Black Adam was at the end at, after it was all said and done Black Adam came out at like 60-something million opening weekend, and it ended at 168 domestic, three ninety three three 393 million uh, total. So um, it still has a way to go to even beat Black Adam. Um, compared to the movie before that, that did uh, really well, The Batman ended at 369 million domestic, 770 million internationally. So that, and, and, you know... The last two movies that did really well uh, at the box office for DC was Joker 2019, which was $335 million domestically, $1.1 $1. $1 overall, <laughs> and then The Batman, which was $369 million, uh domestically, $770 million all in all. And those were smaller budgets. Those were very specific to one character, maybe a couple of side characters. They were not the big superhero movies. That we keep seeing and Every... now, uh
4: you have to point out too um the that uh, the Batman came out as theaters were just getting back in swing, like I went to see that I think it was the uh the fan preview night thing, and over here in Canada anyway, it was the first night that the theater was back to full capacity
2: mm yeah since then since the batman the only two dc the only other two dc movies that have come out have been black adam and uh, shazam returns fury of the gods which this dude shazam did so bad dude yeah, shazam was... at the end of everything 57 million domestic 133 million internationally that is god awful the flash is going to beat that easily I didn't, I didn't even realize shazam was out already shazam yeah dude bet real bad um <laughs> It's James HBO Mac. That's when I watched it, dude. So think of how bad <laughs> the Flash. There, is... yeah. Think of how bad the Flash is doing with Keaton. In... Keaton's in this movie, and Keaton can't save that box office. Blue Beetle is up next. They are going to get destroyed.
1: It's also it's tough because like you know you have a bunch of people who are canceling Azure Miller, and like they don't they're just <sighs> oh. just for his stuff alone. No, they're not going to go watch this movie. And there's like was... a, there's a huge like Reddit amount of people like we're not going to go watch a casual your mother's a jerk. Right. Well, <laughs>
2: there, there's that and there's also the toxic Snyder fans um who are using this movie as a way to say fuck you to the new DC stuff, yeah. Fire James Gunn. Um being being a very proud member of that community <laughs> and <laughs> seeing seeing what they're doing. There's people on Twitter right now that are absolutely loving the fact that this movie is eating it at the box office. Um, To your point, Dunk, I want to read you a little something. Um, This is finger-licking good, okay? Dunk, you might have seen this going around. This is – I don't know them. Um, They're a cosplayer. I I didn't follow them. But I know that they have a big following. And this cosplayer, I guess, likes to dress up as – or they have been dressing up as uh, Sasha Kale, Sasha Kali or whatever, Supergirl. So that's referencing this. This is a post. This is a a story. I won't say their name but this is a story that they put up that I read and I, I wish I could write something this good. So here it goes. I keep seeing, this was on the, the release of the flash. I keep seeing so many flash events. I guess they have to do lots of marketing for damage control. Thanks to Ezra. Honestly, I wish I was able to watch it because of Sasha, but throughout the first 10 minutes I walked out, call me sensitive, but if you don't want a spoiler, stop reading now. I can't stand with Ezra and all the nasty things he does personally. The first scene in The Flash, there's an explosion in a hospital with babies, and he was to save them from falling? Cool, yeah, but like, why in the world would the writers find it remotely okay to put a baby in the microwave? And even though it's not plugged in, you hear a ding, and he takes the baby out midair and continues on. Yes, this is a trigger as a mom because of conspiracies in Hollywood where they drink baby's blood after massive scare tactics and trauma. This, to me, is just very distasteful and I had to walk out. I'm not going to try to even give it another chance, even though the rest of the cast is heart eye emoji. And I was so excited for it. Well, for those who enjoyed the film, prayer hands, cool. But this mama was like, nope. I want to marry that person. I want to marry that person. I want to have children with them. They are... They are a patriot. They are. I <laughs> love I love it. I, love it. I, I, I couldn't pray. I couldn't pray to write something that good. Like, I love it. Anyways, um. so t- I, I'm really interested to know, like, how many people are using. They're kind of, like, doing that thing where, like, I can't support Ezra. I'm not going to watch this movie, right? I joked about that leading up to this movie saying, like, how dare you support um, a groomer? How dare you support an abuser? And I was tongue-in-cheek, because, like, the stuff that he was doing was... Cr- like, he was crazy. Like, this guy's obviously not well. He should be seeing, like, a psychiatrist. He should be in therapy. His behavior is erratic. He's probably on drugs, you know? So it's it's sad to see. And, yes, people are literally in danger of being in his wake. Um, but am I not going to go see Keaton? Dude, like, put 20 babies in a microwave and turn that thing... Off. I will... Like I will put the baby in the microwave if you're going to tell me Keaton's in this movie. You know, like you're I'm not going to real babies. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> is, so I find it funny where people. I'm not going to say funny. I find it very interesting where people are like, I refuse to watch this movie. I will not support Ezra Miller. Totally down if that's how you feel. But you're literally typing that on a cell phone that's battery was mined in 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 like Africa, halfway around the world, probably by children. And you know, probably a couple of kids lost their lives to it. So, like, I hear you, but we also
1: selective, like, right? We're all selective. We're yeah, all I mean, It's are. like, yeah, it's selective. Yeah, rage.
2: yeah. It's like I get it, you know. But enjoy it. Keaton's there. Come on, just go watch. Keaton. You know, I would. Well, I'll say that. Like, if you give me a Keaton cut, I'm. I'll watch that all day.
4: And I mean, like, as far as things like that go, you know, I haven't seen the the scene so i don't know exactly how it plays out what the tone is but also it's not a documentary (laughs) it it didn't really happen a brutal hollywood elite
2: (laughs) behind the expose um so the fan screen that we went to i was with uh i was with legends of lego batman and we were watching this movie right and i couldn't i couldn't see him but I could hear someone maniacally laughing at that scene, <laughs> where Ezra is saving these babies who are in very in a lot of danger. And Ledger goes, "The guy sitting in front of us is laughing his fucking ass off at babies almost dying." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, he is!" So yeah, uh, I had a was...
1: guy in front of me vaping. I wanted to kick his fucking
2: head. What? Yeah, in the theater. Yeah, that's a that's a fire hazard. Um, <sighs> There's also another scene in this movie where young Ezra strips butt naked and is is running around naked, oh, yeah. as if he was uh, on the Hawaiian Islands beating up everybody <laughs> in a karaoke bar. So, <laughs> yeah. But all this stuff was all that was filmed before any of that shit happened. Like they they were like in post when when he was going you know crazy on the Hawaiian Islands. So it's not like it's not like they filmed it. Out. Wouldn't it be funny if we wrote in that stuff you were doing? It's like that's not what they did.
1: You know, um, I
2: was
0: thinking before, too, it's like, regardless of Ezra Miller, this movie does have to happen if they're going to move on to the next phase. You know, it's just that's their excuse to kind of reset the universe, just like it did in the comics, uh, unless it was just pure coincidence. But obviously, like, it's yeah. unfortunately, this is a love letter and goodbye to the past, you know, 2013 era when we saw first saw the Snyder Superman. And, um, mm. you know, that's just their reset, unfortunately. And, uh, we would like to think that, like you said before, like the two movies that were ultra successful were World movies that maybe there is a little chance that we could get Keaton to come back or some other thread from that universe to kind of still live on the side, you know, cause they can easily do that. Um, but, Regardless, it has to happen because they're not going to be able to move forward without this movie, which is ironic because obviously Ezra Miller, you know, went on a rampage. But they
2: yeah, they still that all this that... does is
5: explain how in the Joker verse, Joker is going to be about 85 years old by the time Batman comes around <laughs> with Joaquin Phoenix. Unless a different Joker comes. I don't know. I don't know,
2: maybe. You're right. Yeah. Um, she starts, our starts scores. growing one. <laughs> let's do our scores real quick. Dunk, what do you give this out of, uh, let me see here. How many... Uh, ad, um. How many babies in microwaves? <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Ten cons out of the... How many cons out of the year do you give this movie? Ten cons oh, out of the year? Man. One con out of the yeah. year?
1: So before I give my rating, right, it's going to be really high. Reason being, when I go watch these, you're movies, really high.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tall guys, not big. I, I wish, like, I, I go, to, I go watch these movies, and it's like eight year old me sitting there, just enjoying the movie. So, um, eight year old me watched this, pumped the shit. I walked out, and I was like, I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to own the 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 special edition Blu-ray, all this nonsense. So out of ten, I give it a nine. Ooh,
4: I just picture an eight-year-old dunk, all six foot two of him sitting on <laughs> <in> the bench. <lunchroom.
2: laughs> Beautiful uh, teases. What do you give this?
0: Um. So my first viewing, I was at seven five. Um. Second viewing, e- easy eight. Mm. Um. My next viewing could potentially go a little higher, but I think I'm at a solid eight.
2: Okay. Okay. Um,
0: No, I I didn't have a lot of gripes. Um, Obviously, you know, CGI was a lot of concerns for people. But I I just, you know, I spoke to Dave over the weekend about it, too. Like, that stuff just didn't distract me. You know, it was just about, uh, it was just a storytelling element. Um, You know, him just kind of going in and out of the multiverses. But seeing Keaton again, I, I never thought in my entire life... Um, that I would get to see him on the big screen like that. So the uh, mm-hmm. first time seeing him, it got me kind of emotional for a second. I was like, "Damn, I can't believe like he's there!" Like it, it felt back. really authentic and and or- organic uh, to see him in that suit. And it was a different side of Keaton. He was very stealthy and quick. Um, it just wanted. I just want to see another iteration of him, maybe one more time. Uh, but there's very little, you know. Is very um, Ezra Miller killed it? You know, I laughed, I spent three quarters of the movie fucking laughing my ass off. Uh, so many parts were just, it was just a fun movie. Um, but it also took you to these emotional parts, like, like Dave was saying before, like the last scene with his mom, like, that shit, hit. that shit sticks with you. You're like, man, you're like, damn, you know, it makes you like appreciate, you know, like that version of uh, Ezra Miller or The Flash rather he was very empathetic and it it makes you think about everything, you know? So it's like just a lot of peaks and valleys and it was just a good storytelling element. And Andy Machete, um, you know, he, he was first on the scene doing horror movies and now he's on to superhero films. And it it really just showed his, his, his range. Uh, The fact that, you know, they're saying that he's going to direct the next Batman movie, the brave and the bold. So, that's really an an amazing move for him because he's going to be able to kind of uh, show some range and just be around and kind of help cultivate WB because I think Warner Brothers just needs that strong staple, you know, mm. So it was great. I, I think I'm going to see it one more time in the theaters for sure.
2: All right. Beautiful. Boom. Um I give it a. I still. St- I think I stand with a seven out of ten from the first viewing. I saw it again. Seven out of ten. And yeah, like all seven, I would say are Keaton. I'm blown away at how how well I feel like they handled Keaton as Batman. There was just enough cheese. It was as much cheese as eighty nine returns. wasn't too much. Um, charming. I think it was done well. Uh, the minus three is that's that's the that's the Snyder bro cursed blood <laughs> running through my vein. Va- I will for those three. I will find three studio executives to haunt for the rest of their lives for putting this movie out. Um, but yeah, subjectively, I think it was... You know, what, to you guys' point with Ezra Miller, think about all that crazy shit that he was doing. Think about how he was unraveling before our eyes. Like, the kid can pull it together and act. Like, that was not a... That was not like a crazy person on the screen. That was like a good actor. That was a good performance. For someone that is like that, you know, in their personal life to then be able to go and give that kind of performance. Like, dude, it's like that's extreme. So I gotta someone, give it yeah, give it up to him for that. Someone um, who
1: goes to Hawaii and fucking GTA five and <laughs> shit. Like
2: <right> <laughs> You know what? He did so well, and he was holding it together for so long. He had to go to Hawaii and beat the absolute shit out of some noisy tourists. there, so,
0: there, there there's going to be a new hashtag. Ezra Miller gives beaten beaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: um, Trunks, Trunks, uh, Trunks likes to be the be. Uh, I don't know if you can hear this. He's probably oh, here we go. What would you give it out of ten?
3: Uh, it's kind of split. So,
2: oh shit. Um, if
3: you guys know, if you guys, I don't know if any of you guys know, but I've actually been retired from super, from live action superhero movies for at least 4 years. I don't watch any live action superhero movie that's not Batman related. I'm just I'm tired of them. I'm I don't know, I they, they kind of the fatigue they mold into one of them. They're just the just same old turkey sandwich. Um but <laughs> like like the interview recently with with Dennis Raman when he puts the LeBron Jordan thing to bed. He goes, don't you talk about the goat that way. And, you know, the goat was back, so I had to see the goat, Keaton. Um, And before going into the movie, I thought to myself, I hope it's like, what, two and a half? I was like, I hope I'm not just sitting there kind of bored waiting for the next Keaton shot to come in, you know? Um, But I went in, and I will admit that I was very entertained. For the duration of the film wow now the first the beginning of it felt very snidery to me which was good i don't think we talked about batfleck enough for that scene oh, but
1: true.
3: the way they pan that scene with him getting dragged on the bridge though that cinematography to me was better than most of what i've seen out of the balancing batman that was beautiful and i thought man this is what i'm missing. Like. Shit like that. It looks like a comic book panel and different angles and he's scraping you know and then he's beating the shit and throwing motherfuckers and, out and, of the home. And the suit is blue and gray. Yeah, mm. gorgeous. Hot toys line three, right? So um <laughs> so let, let, let I just wanted to like you know give a little nod so to Batflick because that, that scene was great. I love the guy just jumped out of the home yeah. <laughs> you know, like like yo, you know, Batflick. Be punching motherfuckers through the ground, <laughs> so you know it was good to see him. You know, bashing the shit out. of uh, I was saying you know when you go to a movie, the, the 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 one thing you hope for is to be entertained through all. You don't want to have a, a moment where you're a little bored. And I was I wasn't bored bored during this movie. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about CGI. was I was, a, I, was a, I was a little. I was a little kid in the '80s watching '80s movies, so my range of CGI criticism is shot. Like I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? I don't really give a fuck about. I could see where it looked like shit, but like I don't give a fuck. Like you know, we there was there was more Keaton screen time than I thought there was gonna be, so that was really good. Um, So I kind of rank it in two different movies because for me the Keaton part was like, man, just to see him again, that was crazy. I just I I the first fight scene, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm like I can't believe I'm watching this. This is like like he he holds the record for longest running live action Batman. <laughs> mm. <laughs> In history. you know. You gotta think about that one. You know. He also he, he holds the title for never quitting, <clears throat> <Bail. clears throat> But um, so the, the the Keaton bits, it really hit me hard though because that line where he's um you know Barry was like. You know, I could, I, could, I could bring you back, and Keaton was like, you already did, kid. You already did. So what, what What? that said to me was they brought Keaton back one last time for all of us to see, and it was like, it was good enough. You know, like, like to get this, you know, I really appreciate it, and it looked fantastic. So... So I'm going to rank ah, – you know what? I'll rank the Keaton the – Keaton, if you just chop up the Keaton parts for me. The Keaton cut. The Keaton cut, man, that was flawless. That was a 10 out of 10 because the suit – you know what's so great about Keaton? That, the way that motherfucker talks, man. Yo, that, when that guy talks, like that's the best live action Batman when he speaks. You know, it's just something about him. He's just a cool-ass fucking guy. Dude,
0: dude, how about the, when we were talking before, and, and I think they showed in the trailer, but you were saying, like, when Ezra Miller's like, what do we do now? He's like, we have to just stay try alive. Try, try not, not to, not to die. die. Right? Like,
3: yo. You the have to,
0: one-liner is just like, do it.
3: Yes, dude. This guy came out in 89, biggest game changer, and now we're seeing him fight Snyderverse Kryptonians. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's, so the Keaton bit ten out of ten, um now, if we're gonna just go as a whole movie in general, you know it's it's man, I don't know man, I surprisingly enough, I might I'll probably give it an eight out of ten man mm, that's solid wow the acting right. was the acting was really good every everyone did re- everyone acted really well, and um the the story wasn't boring, um. I don't give a you know, CGI. You know, you could take points off of CGI. You could take points off of plot holes or whatever. Um, but the whole point of going to the movies and eating popcorn is to be entertained. And I found it very entertaining. Ezra Miller does have really good acting chops. Um, but I feel like his personal life really hurt the financial potential of this movie. Um, it's funny because you know I think the way this movie's gonna make any money is because Keaton. I have a i I have a friend and he goes, "Man, motherfuckers don't care if he if Ezra Miller smack a bitch, throw a motherfucker in the closet. They go and to see Keaton and whatnot. So <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I haven't really heard ma- many people really speak on about this movie. Anyway, I feel like everyone enjoyed it for the most part. I did as well. I got enough Keaton time. And the fact that now on on an ending note, I also treat this as a Keaton trilogy now, because mm. he has he has three movies. All right, so I, I I consider this somewhat of an unofficial trilogy. Like you know, so, I mean, listen, man, I agree got, with that. you got a guy going up against Jack Nicholson in the late '80s, all the way to the fucking swinging Kryptonian airships around with the Batwing. Yo, you can't tell me he ain't the goat. <laughs> so, um so I was yeah, I'm, I I was I was happy that the Keaton parts were flawless and I was happy that the movie as a whole was entertaining. The girl plays um the Kryptonian. What's the name the girl's? Like her Krypto awesome. Kryptonian, her, Sasha, Kryptonian, her, her, her Kryptonian the
2: name. It's a Kryptonian. Oh, um, yeah, Kara Zor-El.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think she was really good too. Um I think I think she did a great yeah, job strong. fighting. Yeah, she she had a lot of emotion in her well, face. Well, she didn't hold
5: back, did she? Yeah, she yeah. she had that Kryptonian rage,
0: especially once she found out that Clark was yeah uh, The
3: child.
2: Dead. The infant did not survive.
3: Yeah. So I I I can't imagine. And I'll tell you another thing too. You know when this shit hits max. That shit's gonna do big numbers because every motherfucker who said I ain't gonna go see the movie this Friday they're gonna be (laughs) sitting their ass home watching it with the watching it with the door locked. All right, so
2: (laughs) so yeah, I
3: I'm happy I enjoyed it and it was great to see the goat again. It was great and great to see the goat. Mm.
2: Gramps, uh, out of ten, what you got? Well, every point of my
5: ranking is there because of Gal Gadot. (laughs)
1: two points
5: (laughs) (laughs) no um, like all of you said you know we, we go to the theater to see the heroes that we read about on the pages of comics come to life and be entertained and it's great to be able to just turn your brain off to the outside world and just be in the moment you know, you don't have to worry about your phone or you don't have to worry about who said what or did what. You can just focus on the story. And this story totally pulled me in. Yeah, I mean, there are some visuals with, you know, CGI. But hear that explanation from the, uh, what's the director's name?
4: Andrew Machete.
5: Andrew Spaghetti. Machete. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> God. <laughs> True spaghetti. That that makes a little bit more sense. I can live with that. Um, so, out of ten maple bar donuts, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with with um, and that's with the Bavarian cream. Um, mm. Oh shit! Damn. I'll go with the solid seven, meaning that Oof. I want to go see this again.
3: Holy shit! And
5: it's got you know you could rewatch it over and over and find something new that you didn't notice before. Keaton was very entertaining. Although I didn't really like some of his cheesy dialogues, you know, that Mm. they kind of reference 89 a little bit too much, but you know what? That's forgivable because he gave us one of the best Batman fight scenes ever.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: When that, when that, I don't know how many people he killed in that scene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Affleck killed a couple of guys too so I had the death count around 10 Those
4: Um,
1: those dudes were not surviving.
5: No, they weren't weren't (laughs) surviving. Carr killed a few too. That was pretty cool Um, Yeah, solid 7
4: So I take it then that everyone's advice is to watch the movie You
5: need to watch the movie because again, like what um, you know, Dunks likes Brown Eyes said is that now it's a trilogy with with Keaton.
4: Now, if 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 I watch this movie in a couple of days and I find out that you motherfuckers lied about everything you just <laughs> said happened in this movie,
5: the ending climatic scene where flashes in the the flash bubble is worth it. at just Chrono Bowl, whatever um, that is. I was <laughs> just like, it was like yeah. you know
1: the speed force. I was like, why is he
2: not running? Shouldn't he be still running? He's He's running backwards at some point. Well, because he he slides. He slides and he stops, so it stops everything.
3: Hey, I thought that Christopher Reeves um, was was a... I thought that was a rumor, but then when we saw him, it was like, wow. Yeah. That that
2: made me
5: tear up a little bit. You know, and it, it kind of shows you, you know, we all have things in our lives that we'd love to go back and change, you know? And... It, it kind of answers that question, you know. What if I could change this? What if I could change that? What would my life be like? And Two. Two. you know, it, it has a very moral. More, what's the word I'm looking for? The moral of the story is, you know, you're you can't change the past, and you, you can you can grow from it and mm. help your past, you know make you the person that you are in the future so
3: or that batman's always right because he was right in the beginning
5: well yeah that's true
1: <laughs> more of the story batman's always right always right yeah. the which batman, batman though there we go well batfleck was the one who told him
3: you know, barry you know can't do it so. dude Destroy you. uh
5: what did, what did you guys think of affleck's performance you know when he's when he's bruce not not
0: batman I, I was thinking to myself, this might be the best Bruce depiction of Bruce Wayne um, in cinema to me. To me, that's that's the best Bruce Wayne in my opinion.
5: You could tell he lost a lot of weight. And that's J-Lo probably
0: PJ Lo, but yeah, you're right.
3: That was but this. That was filmed a long time ago. That yeah, was, like, well, that pre, was filmed like during COVID.
0: Yeah, they, I, I think this movie had to be delayed. What was this movie like? Like two, two
1: years, two years or at least. Yeah. yeah.
5: It, it totally confirms why that Mezco didn't come out until this
3: year, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, perfect timing.
5: Had had to hold it for the to hype the movie.
3: Hey, any, anybody got a favorite uh, Keaton scene or moment? Just that, that fight scene. scene.
5: <laughs> just when he does that last roundhouse to that guy and kills him. It's like, <laughs> kills
1: him. <laughs> he's just dead. That he's whole scene. That whole time, it looks like he was just having a good time. And it was just like, all right. Let me just put this little oh. bomb over here. What about uh, right? the what about the like, bat
2: boomerang battering? Oh yeah. Well, the battering is literally a battering again. Yeah. Um, the I, again, dude. The the uh, the the gimbal effect of the Batwing when he's in the cockpit and he's trying to shake off the cartonian giant. Yeah. And just just when he's oh, that that's so great. And I just, I, also, um, the simple just there's there's not enough of it, but the moments that are there just when he's walking dude when he's got yeah. when he's, you know how he walks he the keaton the keaton in the cow walk there's mm. a couple of scenes where he's walking from point a to point b and it's just that keaton strut that our good friend carl newman perfected um this movie could have been a nine for me if we'd actually
5: seen the batmobile in action so i don't, can't even, don't, don't even remind me. I, I was thinking that
0: the second he gets into the batmobile it becomes a Batman movie, and that's yeah. why they did that on purpose. Uh, that's why also, they were kind of giving us the blue balls because he like just at he's like, "Holy shit!" You know, like the second he's in the Batman Batmobile, it is not a Flash movie.
2: You know, mm-hmm. uh, I saw someone online too say, "The fuck's he gonna do in a Batmobile against Kryptonians?" It's like, "Oh, okay, annihilate and
0: like them." Yeah my 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 favorite scene was when he like when they're um going towards um you know what was the, uh, the country, Serbia, Serbia yeah. Yeah. where where he just dips out and you see like the bat wing in the moon. And he's kind of like just yeah. flying towards that reminds me of that. Like Alex Ross, uh, detective comics, uh, cover when he's kind of descending down for a second. Like that was mm-hmm. just very, just cinematic to me and just yeah. very, very dynamic, you know? And all of a sudden they're just boom, they're on the ground, just walking, uh, and also that one scene where, like, he's using the grapnel gun and, like, the Flash, like, jumps on him. And he's looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's like, all right, fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. fucking looking at him.
0: Like, it was just so awkward. He was like a spider monkey on him. He's like, go. Yeah, I was Oh,
2: like, another one that was, I like,
0: love. His, his, like, shoulder or something, you know?
2: After they get back from uh, the Serbia mission and uh, – He's he's stitching himself up as he looks at himself oh my in the God, mirror. That's, that's another and Alex Ross He, he looks back, like. he looks up at the mirror and he looks at himself and he's almost got a little smile on his face. Yeah, was, it's like he's enjoying it. Still got it, motherfucker. Yeah, he's, like, like, yeah. yeah. he's putting
0: like he's putting like a hook in his arm. He's like feeling himself like. He's yeah. back. Yeah. 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 Badass. Badass. Um, yeah, I was. I, I didn't.
2: I didn't think they'd be able to handle him as well as they did. I can't complain, man. It could have gone a lot worse than that, and. That was nice to see that. Like, okay, he came back. Was it for nostalgia? Yes, but they did a pretty good job with Keaton. I mean, it's everyone that I've talked to who has said that like they they loved all the Keaton bits, which is good. So, so, so it sounds like Robin. Based on all of that, would you say that this is? Would were are you more likely then to go out and see this, uh, in person?
4: Uh, yeah, I I think you guys have uh, affirmed. Uh, I, I I expected there to be some naysaying, but uh, yeah,
2: I didn't hear any. I'm surprised at how positive we've been. Yeah.
5: It could have been a 10 of Vicky Vale showing up in the Batcave <laughs> as just one final, uh, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In a way, they, they had to really be careful to not make it a Batman movie. You're right. You know, there's so many things that could have added that would have just been, oh, it's a Batman movie. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is it. That, that wraps it up. Um, I think that uh, pleasantly surprised to hear that everyone, for the most part, gave it high ranks. Um, uh, you know, Toxic Snyder Bro fandom aside, it seems like this is, this is 31 years ago. We went to, I want to say it was either Taco Bell or McDonald's, and you got yourself a Keaton Cup. Ooh. And then 31 years to the day, I came out and I got myself a Keaton Cup from the theater. Insane. Ooh. So 31 years in the making. Um, all right, Back Force Radio over and out.